technology ought to mean a very high rate of reliability. Listen to computer whiz Howard J. Strauss of Princeton. If somebody set out to alter the outcome of an election, it's not only possible, but it's rather easy. The system has virtually no protection. It's not a house with uh, doors without locks. It's a house without doors. Could you put the fix in in a national election? Realistically, could it be done? Yeah, get, get, get me employed by the uh, company that uh, writes this program. In that, in that case, you only, only need bribe one person. One person writing the software. You have access to a third of the votes in the country. Is that enough to throw the election? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. The topic for today that's been on my mind recently is why can't we have safe and secure elections, right? And forget about the Russians that you were told to be scared of and blame something if it went wrong. Why has every election in my lifetime been disputed by the loser and hailed as the most safe and secure election of our lifetime by the winner, right? We just played a clip from 1988, an interview with Dan Rather about how easy it is to steal an election electronically back in the late 80s. So just think of how far we've come in technology and the ability to do nefarious shit with said technology in today's world. Do we not poise the technology, the know-how to be able to have a tamper-proof system for counting votes and furthermore confirm the votes are actually from the registered voter? Can we, the people, start demanding a better system to exercise our constitutional right to vote, you know, a system that doesn't aid in the future dividing of the country? Can we stop focusing on the politics around making sure everyone can vote, whether they're here legally or not, or uh, let's not get swept up into the identity politics, the virtue signaling, and the constant activism on behalf of every marginalized group in the fucking solar system? Can we have an adult conversation on how to fix a problem that affects us all? Like, think about that. The 2016 election was not safe, fucking Russians, right? Well, the 2020 election was the most secure in history. So stop crying, you right-wing white supremacists. You know, what's changed? Well, just the winner, really, the winning party. The voting machines are still the same. So do you see how that makes no sense? The goal of today's podcast is to get you to identify that there are problems with our current system. Whether you were bitching in 2016 or you're bitching now, understand there must be a problem if both sides are somehow cheated out of victory when they lose. We can all see that, right? First step in solving a problem is admitting you have one. America does not have fair and safe elections. No matter who you voted for or what political party you pledge your allegiance to, your first order of business as an American should be protecting the foundation of our democratic republic, which affords you the luxury to vote in the first fucking place. And we're going to talk today specifically about two documentary films that have come out recently that shed light on the issues with elections. And they've all used the same voting machines and policies. 
Okay, so for my blue and purple friends, focus on the issues that are pointed out in these films that we're going to talk about and resist the urge to get defensive and feel the need to dismiss what is right in front of your eyes. Keep the curiosity door open. You'll be a better informed participant in society. And to my red ultra MAGA threat to democracy friends, I know watching these films and hearing the content we're going to go over today will embolden you to play the victim, which maybe you are, maybe you aren't, who the fuck knows. But don't be so naive to think that your team hasn't participated in, in election shenanigans. Okay, again, the goal is to recognize we have a problem and work collectively to solve it. So we never have these types of films, debates, discussions again. I think we can agree that that's a worthy goal, right? In a plea to the judge that's going to sign off on the FISA warrant against me for talking about a subject that will either land me in jail for being a domestic terrorist or end up being suicided by the Clintons, please read the First Amendment of the Constitution. We're going to start with Dinesh D'Souza's 2000 Mules, which is a very riveting film and really makes you think. In that film, they focus on the mail-in ballots for the 2020 presidential election. So an organization called True the Vote was already kind of on high alert with the widespread use of the mail-in voting. And they brilliantly use geolocation data. That's the GPS tracking that's in your cell phones. And remember, all your personal data and freedoms and privacy you gave up to use all those fucking free apps. And they sell your information to companies and a place like True the Vote can buy your geo-tracking location to see where you go. So you might want to rethink that little tracking device you have in your pocket. But I digress. So they use geo-tracking location, and they started looking at people's cell phones to track people that visited more than 10 voting drop boxes in the offices of the NGOs where they handed out the mail-in ballots. So to just to rule out the people that were just going about their business, they used a very high threshold, and they found over thousands of people in a variety of swing states that fit this criteria. Okay, so these were people visiting multiple mail-in ballot drop boxes while going to the places that give out said ballots. Okay, everyone get that point? And to further back up their claim of ballot stuffing, they got the surveillance footage from the drop boxes to collaborate their data. Okay, so by law, if you have a drop box, you have to have video surveillance on that drop box. Makes sense. So they went, got a freedom of information request because it's public records, got the video surveillance to collaborate the data they were looking at. And sure enough, you watch these videos and it's, you know, people pulling up to a drop box at two in the morning, stuffing in a fucking handful of ballots and driving to another box and doing the same thing over and over and over again. These drop boxes are emptied and counted daily, so you can't just you know go there once, dump in thousands of friggin' ballots, because you're gonna raise suspicion. So you start doing the math and you realize quickly that in these highly contested swing states, tens of thousands of votes would swing the election results. So again, watch the movie, Forget about the results and focus on the obvious problem the film is pointing out. And another one that you should check out, this morning I watched Selection Code, another great film that points out the issues 
we have with the lack of transparency. So I'll go, I'll go through it real quick. Here's what I learned from the film. In Colorado, during the 2020 election, they found 5,500 dead people voted and 25,000 people who didn't even live in Colorado voted. Okay, so these are just discrepancies that comes out, and you're like, all right, well, fair enough. There's probably a lot of that shit going on in all the states. Again, nothing new. Voter fraud and safe elections were topics in every fucking presidential race in my lifetime. So let's go back real quick before we get too far. So our favorite segment on facts versus rhetoric is like, like, let's look how we got here. In 1892, voting machines first began use in New York City, and they became more and more popular in the country in the 1910s and 20s. Because on those paper ballots, if you checked instead of Xing or Xed instead of checking, whatever the fucking rule for your state, city, or town was, it was, a vo it was voided. They wouldn't count it, right? So if you checked the box and you were supposed to X the box, they fucking just threw it out, right? So people still wanted a paper ballot. And so then we graduated to the paper ballots, and then we used a machine to punch out a section of the card to indicate our voting preference, well, the issue there is we got the dirtiest sounding name to ever come out of elections, the Hanging Chad. <laughs> this is a, a popular Halloween costume in the, in the early 2000s because a Hanging Chad is that fragment of the punched out card uh, ballot paper, which doesn't detach fully, and it results in an incomplete and invalid paper ballot. And anytime there was a Hanging Chad, they just fucking throw the thing out. And hanging chads were partly responsible for the unusually high proportion of invalid votes recorded in Florida during the 2000 presidential election. The U.S. invested heavily in electronic voting methods, but still faced significant difficulties with elections. So with the advent of online voting, hanging chads became a problem of the past. But this whole online voting and technology, that failed too. They tried touchscreen voting. That was fucking horrible. You, there's videos of people pressing one thing and it selects another or you can't select it. it. That didn't work either. So nowadays, when you vote, every county does it differently. You know, you have, you have older machines in some areas. You have some shiny new digital machines. And doesn't that indicate like an unnecessary problem? You know, it's like the COVID vaccine. Can't we just have one unified shot that kills us? Anyway, we, we should have a voting machine that counts a fucking dot right? That you should, that should be the only job. And then you have a paper backup to a digital count. It's, it's, the solution is very easy, right? And that, that's the whole point of this is we, we should be advocating for a fucking solution to a very solvable problem. We can't just go back to all paper. You can't have the senior citizen volunteers responsible for counting thousands of ballots. So think about this. The code to write a program to count the check marks is simple, right? Anyone can do it. Remember the tests we took as kids? All you needed was a number two pencil and the ability to color inside the lines. It's all it took to get the job done. You know, I don't remember the results of my CTBS test being challenged. Like, why do we have proprietary software being used? Software that can't be verified or looked into. What, what, what the fuck are, what are they hiding? Again, transparency solves the mystery and ends all conspiracy theories and levels the playing field. And the point you need to get to is obviously that's not what they want, but it should be what we want, okay? So back to the film selection code. The film focuses on the 2020 presidential election and a 2021 city council race in Colorado, specifically Mesa County. 
Mesa County is historically a 65-35 red state, right? Always red, high percentage red. In 2016, Trump won 62.8 to 34.8. We'll start with the 2021 city council race and work our way back to the 2020 presidential race. Again, it's going to be a little hard to follow because there's so many things happening at the same time. So I suggest you watch the film. But for those that don't have the hour to invest, I'm going to run through it. So in 2021, there's a city council, there's a Republican incumbent, and there's three other Republican candidates. The Republicans had great voter turnout. Their supporters were very energized. And they were running against one progressive and three middle-of-the-road moderate Democrats for the total of four seats. Okay? The Republicans lost all four seats. And the Democrats that won were fucking surprised they won. And the Democrats announced victory 30 minutes prior to the clerk even releasing the results. Well, Nick, they could have leaked it out. No, the clerk didn't even know the results yet. No one did. They weren't even available to upload yet. Okay, so what the fuck, right? (laughs) They knew they won before they won. So after that election, people kept coming into the clerk's office to point out irregularities that they noticed. So while the Mesa County clerk is trying to sort out these irregularities, she gets an email from the state about some sort of software backup that's going to be happening to the voter machines. So she's told in an email, hey, back up your 2020 election files because you have to keep them for a certain amount of time, right? In case there's a recount or any challenges. So she calls the state IT people and say, hey, can you come do a backup? They say no. Right. So that's weird. The state tells her to back it up, but won't send the IT team over there to back it up. Okay, whatever. So she brought in outside help to do it and she videotaped it. She videotaped this third party company that was verified and vetted to work in government stuff, come in and back up the voter regs and logs and all the shit that was in those voter machines. And thank God she did that. So the backup was an exact copy of all the voting data. And after the system update, the clerk had the original data and started comparing it to the data in the system after the software update. Okay, so they have the original record, the state updates the system, and now they're starting to go in and look and they're noticing irregularities between the two. So there were 25,913 votes missing from the system logs that were on the backup. So there were 25,913 votes missing from the system logs that were on the original backup. Okay, so what happened to those votes? So they started doing this investigation. So after a digital forensic investigation, it turns out that they were run through the machine again like it was the first time. 5,567 of those votes went back through the voting machine and were stored in the correct file and nothing changed. And the 20,346 votes were sent back through the machine And they were stored in a separate file that wasn't on the original backup. Okay, does that make sense? I guess the bottom line is 20,346 votes weren't fucking real. So to recap, over 25,000 votes were in the system after the update that weren't in the original file. Okay, so this update was an attempt to change the voting logs to match the voter totals that were reported by the county. So once there was a buzz about voting issues, right, because the country was losing their fucking mind after 2020 election because it didn't make any sense, right? So once there was all that buzz about voting issues, 
they had to change the voter logs to match the totals reported by the counties. And they did that through this fucking update in air quotes. So in addition to that craziness, they also noticed that the first 19,000 mail-in ballots were split 50-50. You know, 50 for Trump, 50 for Biden, percent. And that's impossible when you consider large number theory, right? To have a county that's historically 65-35 suddenly go 50-50 for the first 20,000 votes, it doesn't make any sense. You know, mathematical impossibility, I think was a quote from the film. They should be within a few percentage points of the total count, not 16%. So Mesa County finished 62% for Trump, 38% Biden. So Trump still wins the county. So Nick, what's the issue? Okay, the issue is that you have 20,000 votes that aren't real, that went to Biden. So you need to look at this like point shaving in sports. They're not trying to change who wins the game. They're trying to affect the spread. If they were able to inflate Biden's votes in the 40 out of 64 counties where Trump won, again, not changing who won the county, so they don't raise any flags, but just adding overall votes to Biden, that would help swing the state to Biden. You know, in the 40 counties that Trump won, so in the 40 counties of Colorado that Trump won, there's only nine of them that were even a close race, like under 55 to 45. So that means there's 31 counties where Trump usually wins so fucking big, like Mesa County, where there's a great opportunity to kind of pad the stats for Biden. Because no one will bat an eye if, if Biden gets 37% of the vote instead of 35. It's not going to raise any alarms. That's what they uncovered, okay? So did everyone congratulate the Mesa County election clerk in catching a mistake and pointing out like, hey, something bad happened? Nope. The FBI raided the homes of her and her staff with search warrants. And I'm not talking about like, FBI, can you please open the door? We have some questions for you. It's, I'm going to knock your fucking door in, scare the shit out of you, put you in handcuffs and ransack your fucking home types of searches. To citizens who've never committed a crime in their lives, they, but they did commit the crime of questioning an election result. And that's what happens. So what is the takeaway? Transparency ends all debate. We wouldn't need to classify law-abiding citizens as domestic terrorists if the government provided some goddamn transparency. So we need to stop doing what sounds good and get back to doing what works. How about you just present your ID? You get a ballot with your name and address on it. You fill in the boxes of your candidates. You sign the damn thing. You feed it into a counting machine with no proprietary software, no bullshit. You know, you keep the hard copies in a fireproof secure vault in case there's a recount or a challenge, right? Like, can we use some of that blockchain technology to guarantee chain of custody? Can we give out mail-in ballots as sparingly as we give out vaccine exemptions, right? The whole point is we can do better. And with better technology comes better hacking. So sounds like we need to find a nice sweet spot harnessing some technology, right? To count and certify the chain of custody, but be untechy enough not to leave the fucking door open for cyber crimes and this kind of bullshit. We need to demand better from our elected officials when it comes to voter fraud and election integrity and pretty much everything 
that's really on the docket today. But this is especially a big one, right? Because if, if your elected officials are not talking about this because their side won, then they don't understand the problem. Power does not concede unless compelled. So start compelling or shut up and bend over. Before you slip into unconsciousness, I'd like to have another kiss, another